Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. So could you just start kind of like at a base level, like what are you currently doing now? And then how did you get there? Oh, man, it's a crazy story. I'll have to keep it short. Um if you're into a really good story, because that's how we met. It's more of, I mean, that's your, that's your specialty right there. Special story, man. Yeah. So uh, I'm a storyteller, um, edged my way out of being an engineer. So a general contractor, I uh, worked on different projects from tiny homes to custom cars, uh, to, um, highball and draft systems, um, to, uh, custom shoes that self-inflated, that also self-laced. I mean, there's a bunch of different projects, um, even tested lighting for um, like ring lights and stuff. Uh, we would set these up for events. The storytelling came from, uh, I, I started it before what happened. And so this was back February 16th of 2021. I was um, working in research. So part of uh, my job um, that I created with this was uh, to go out to different testing sites during COVID to try to get gather data so that we could um, come up with a very good solution that not tries to fake people out about a cure from um, our current situation, but to really help our bodies strengthen and communicate with itself better so that um, it can take on not just any variance, but it, it can take mm-hmm. on the next thing that's going to come because it's inevitable. Something's going to come. So I was uh, pushing about 95 hours a week, working seven days a week. But again, medical field during COVID and uh, the lockdowns, I mean, you had no choice. So um, if you've ever heard, of, if you've ever blacked out before, you know, if you, um, you know, you go out and you're, you get plastered, you get hammered and your short-term memory and long-term memory, the, the two gets, uh, I, I read into this and, but I wasn't drinking. I was actually eating healthy. I was um, keeping a five, six days a week, pretty moderate exercise. But um, I found out there was a lot of other issues that led to uh, an accident where I blacked out, but it was in the middle of working. So I was kind of looking around and uh, and seeing what, like, I, I didn't know I was still engaged with the nurses, with the, um, with the, the courier, the courier actually picks mm-hmm. up all the samples and everything. So I was blacked out in the middle of work for about, uh, I would say about 10, 15 minutes. I was still moving. I was still talking. There's no issues. Then I get on my one wheel. One wheel is one of the little skateboards that just, yeah. you know, it balances and, um, Motorized. Goes, yeah. So, um, I went too fast and I got thrown off of it, but I didn't know any of that happened. I already blacked out before I even got on. And I went about 21 miles an hour. Cause I saw the record of it. And did one of these little uh, seesaws, flung off and uh, went head first, uh, bridge first to the edge of a sidewalk. Impact, you know, of course, anything that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hits the hits the ground hard. It creates a little crack around the cranium and the brain kind of boop, popped out in different directions, all that stuff. So that's, that's 
like the accident wasn't why I wanted to get into storytelling. I had to actually heal first. So I had to go through the whole healing process. Then um, I came across an app uh, about a month prior to the accident called Clubhouse. Clubhouse is an audio-based app. You could share all kinds of topics. It's like going to a school and there's a bunch of hallways and classrooms and there's different topics. So there were uh, plenty of rooms on mental health and um, traumatic brain injuries, things like mm -hmm. that. And I said, okay, I think I classify in all those. So I started hopping in those rooms and I started sharing my story and people were like, oh my God. And like uh, one person actually threw up, came back on um, off of like being muted. It's like, sorry, I had to throw up because I never could imagine anybody could survive this, let alone somebody that actually, it just doesn't seem believable. Yeah. I said, well, you know, it's, I went through it and again, I didn't feel it. So because the story was shared and was passed around, that's when I started getting these DMs and the, the communication to say, you, you're an incredible storyteller and you can actually engage an audience. Why don't you do something with that? Because you do well with that. You may not have to teach and be an expert in science or in uh, health and nutrition or uh, beauty and all mm -hmm. that. You could just tell your story and teach people how to engage an audience. And so that's where it started, but I didn't let it take off until about February of this year. So it was, um, it was a little after the accident, the one year anniversary of it. Um, I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and put myself out there and uh, create a value proposition and then bring it to networking events where I could see people live practice it on clubhouse to get some feedback and mm -hmm. like, Hey, you're, you're good. Um, why don't you just take it out to the street, so to speak, and talk to people about this. And, um, that's where it was born from one very traumatic experience. We'll recall. <laughs> I mean, that's where all the great stories come, you know, <laughs> talk about stories. I mean, there's always that, that hiccup, that crash, that conflict, there always has to be that conflict for that story to mean anything. Like you have the before the conflict and an after, were you always a storyteller before? Like, did you, when you were growing up, were you that kid, like in the classroom? No, no. So, um, I was, uh, I was a marketer for sure. I was a guy that I didn't tell you the story, but I gave you enough benefits and solutions. So it wasn't really storytelling. <laughs> it wasn't like, I want to help you benefit. I'm like, I want you to shut up and take this product and get the heck out of here so that I can just walk because you're blocking the freaking hallway and you're complaining about back pain in your, uh, your jelly roll, or if you want to call it your love handles here, this is something that's called liposuction. You could take that. It's like, well, what's the benefit about liposuction? It, it sucks the fat out of your stomach and you can flab around with your, uh, extra skin and smack people that, you know, start talking hate on you or whatever. And I, I made up stuff. I even sold fruit snacks to, it um i remember i did so well with it i sold it to health conscious vegans but it was before vegans were actually like a, a category it's like so you were kind of like the gary v like <laughs> selling pokemon cards and like things on the playground or in the school absolutely and I mean, it was um yeah no whether it was to benefit the people or not if it hurt them i didn't care i was like all right let's just let me see if i can move this stuff so i mean but if you're a, if you're doing those sales uh, to be a salesman you kind of have to know how to tell someone of a story in order to sell that product like you have to have something that connects with the person so yeah. they internalize what they yeah again i i never i never really studied it and i never really yeah. took time to think like okay is this going to be a story that i'm telling but then as i'm learning later yes a, a salesman should be 
A lot of them aren't, but they should be great storytellers so that they don't fall into the script and try to follow a script word for word because you can tell how robotic they are. Go to a festival, you can actually hear it. So, yeah. So what exactly are you doing now with the storytelling? Are you like your coach? Are you helping people craft their own stories, like get up on the stage? What exactly with this um, platform that you're using now and helping people create stories? Like what sort of work are you actually doing? Andrew, that's a great question. So I realized that when businesses present, they get like a 60 second elevator speech or they speak at a, a conference. I realized that for because we live in a social media based world today the microwave gratification reason why you call it a feed on your socials is that you're feeding yourself content and you only have a snippet of time to get somebody's attention it's crazy so why not and i said okay this is not like a a genius idea somebody came up with this and i believe it's called how to build a story brand and it's um donald miller donald. who wrote the book scary close great book and but to break to break that book down a little bit more uh what um what what i got out of it is that what if you could break up your big story your big body because i think a business should know their own story i don't think i should be in there to write the story for them if that's the case then they should close their business for the week so they can write their own story. You can call it a value proposition. You can call it a, a business plan. You can call it a story. And so to, to teach them how to break it down and say, okay, what are some niches or what are some, in this case, if you're a younger company, you're younger and you are social media driven, what hashtags would categorize you? But for the older companies, like, okay, what's to consider, what are some keywords that label your business? Well, we are a leadership and training company. Um, we talk about purpose and then we market this type of product. So, okay. Can you break these three major categories into very snippy clips that might be eight seconds, 15 mm -hmm. seconds? The reason why I want to lean towards the social media route is for the ones that say I want to expand my audience, I'm, I'm tired of just keeping it local to just um, Atlanta, Georgia? Can I expand it to uh, Madrid, Spain? And can we go to uh, Sydney, Australia? This is, well, the best bet is social media. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why we say little clips is that you could do this little slideshow called a carousel. That's an Instagram term. Um, but we want to keep it in small clips so that you get somebody engaged enough. And it's simple. And so I said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's have a planning session. We'll have a discovery call. We'll, we'll talk over things. I'll actually give you the tips through the whole hour call if you just listen intently. But then I realized that most clients that I've taken on don't want to do the work because you have the solution. You're in digital marketing. You, you could provide all, the whole playbook. Say, I'll give you this ebook that's got 20 pages if you follow every step of this. But people don't have time for that, as they say. People are naturally lazy, not in a bad way, meaning they would focus their time on their craft and says, I'm taking on a second job trying to share my story. So I said, okay, well, if you hire my services, then I will charge you for this. And this is, again, you got the playbook. So this is the transparency part of what you're going to get out of this. And you see an example through what I've done. And I've got at least a few client mm -hmm. testimonials that they've grown, not just numbers, because that's a vanity met metric, but from the not so direct uh, 
successes that come from the DMs and the contacts. So that's what we do. We, we want to break this up into very small pieces that people can digest and they can share it, but then it's something they can keep. It could be a tip of the day. It could be, this is my number one secret yep. I'm trying to share. Let me break it up into a couple parts. And so, yeah, we want to keep it simple for everybody. That's awesome. I mean, I just recently finished the marketing made simple and I went through the business made simple by Donald Miller. Yeah. I'm still waiting at the library for it to have the story brand book. And it's tough. I mean, I'm trying to go through that story brand process myself, but trying to go through each one of those little categories and break it down. I mean, it takes a lot of work and then you have to sit back and think about it and actually think like, what is the true answer there? I could put anything there, but then at the end of the day, when I get to my story, it's just going to be another BS thing. Like it's not going to be true to who I am. Yeah. And and to respond to that, um, it's, you've heard of the term narcissism and this is, it, we, <laughs> hey, I'm putting every hand up in my feet up saying this is the greatest narcissist in history. I wish I would have a shirt and a trophy because I can give it to myself. Uh, the, the issue that we have. So the reason there, there might be this is probably the separating fact that prevents people that have a compelling story from getting the reach. And I've actually learned this and this is how it's contributed to my growth and to what people look at on the outside, like, oh my gosh, you're, you're growing like crazy, is that are you telling your story in your language that appeals and answers to the needs that people are talking about? See, people don't remember, don't even think about that part, is that what are mm-hmm. the people saying? And can you somehow slide in? A tip that I've learned about building a social media platform or a profile is that you don't start with your original content First, although Adam Missouri, who's the CEO of Instagram, is trying to encourage that. That doesn't mean it's going to immediately help no. original creators. So you're not copying people's material and saying, okay, I'm, unless you want to give them credit, that, that is a strategy is reposting somebody's credit and repurposing yeah. somebody's credit. But then can you take something that's worked, but can you make it better? So that's where your story can come in. Can your story improve? A, uh, an existing problem because somebody may have the initial solution, but it's such a frontier of a, of a solution. Can you cater your story to the listening ears that are listening to somebody that's already affecting them right now? And that's why certain platforms function differently with their algorithm. That's why I'm not on all platforms because you, you have to take your mindset and split into many parts and say, geez, why is why am I growing on TikTok and not growing on Instagram? Mm-hmm. So we're talking on social media, or why am I getting more influence in person when I'm speaking at TEDx talks or I'm at business association luncheons like the Marietta Business Association or Network Under 40? Mm-hmm. Why does it seem like I have more influence there? And nobody's giving a rip about what I'm talking about on Instagram. You gotta listen, you gotta find out what people are talking about so that you can cater your story to fit what people are talking about. And it kind of, you use some of the same language. That's one of the things that are missing. And I believe that's the mindset that I love bringing into these discovery calls. And that's where it clicks on their head. Like I, at one point did not want to pay a dime for this service, but because you said <laughs> that, I never would have came across that at all. So yeah. Which serve, what platforms are you using right now? So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, just yep. got on LinkedIn, um, did a little bit of uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, it, it's all like, I'm trying to get into the reels portion of it. So Instagram, 
was my bread and has been my bread and butter has been my foundation. So it's okay, been nice. really well. more so than TikTok. So I'm guessing you haven't gone onto that yet. No, I mean, I have a TikTok account, but I'm not on there. It's just not necessarily because a, a thing that I'm learning is that with face with Instagram, because the algorithm keeps changing, you have to search for the audience. That's mm -hmm. why certain accounts blow up and why you may see a discrepancy in the numbers. If you see somebody's actual stats of like, okay, this is this person, this influencer, their Instagram, 16,000 followers with maybe 200 likes per post. And then their TikTok has 555,000 with somehow a million uh, views and likes. It's like, what the heck? Um, TikTok already set in place their audience and said, uh, and your content has to match what the audience wants. Mm -hmm. YouTube's the same way. When people search for something, they will allocate it based on how well you categorize everything. They pick up on sounds, they pick up on visuals, same thing with TikTok. And that's how you can grow fast on TikTok because all you're doing, it's, it's a duplication game. You're copying the next person, one upping them. Instagram, not so much. You can, you can kind of do that a little bit, but you don't want that to be a meme-based account so that you have to somehow make it original enough. It's like, wait a minute. Um, it, if you remember um, what was the term, it's not procrastination, but um, plagiarism. Yep. So to, my, my tip on avoiding being a plagiarist, I made up the word, is that you can take a sentence and reword and use synonyms and, and maybe do like the, the Asians where we speak backwards. Like, I am good, good am I, like Yoda. You kind of, it's like you have to write it that way. And it's like, okay, this is not the exact same. But then plagiarism became a little bit more uh, pointed and teachers mm -hmm. got really good at like, you just copied uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. You just wanted to speak it in uh, hood terms. It's like, okay, yeah, uh, this Ralph Waldo Emerson would not speak from the hood because he, <laughs> he ain't alive either. So forget about well, it. Well, the other thing is I see so many people, I mean, I'm guilty of doing it sometimes is I'll take my TikTok or whatever and I'll just put that that one thing, yeah. the same thing across all of my different platforms maybe at the right time. And it's like, you can't really do that either because each one, my TikTok audience is completely different from the ones I have on the other platform. My Facebook and LinkedIn are com two completely different. They have different voices. They have a different message and brand of themselves. They're all still me. So that's why I've, I'm trying to get better at coming up with like slightly different variations where it's like my TikTok and Instagram reels are going to be slightly different, but kind of telling the same the same story or whatever it may be. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, th I think once you have an idea what your, your, your base story is going to be, this is my story. The reason why I'm a, I'm a influencer on mindset. Then from there, man, it's, it's not as difficult as it is, Andrew. It's literally you understanding the core base. Like uh, they say, mm -hmm. well, why it's like, okay, well, but what is your, your main function? What are you trying to do? And then you go into the different platforms and you have to take time. I mean, it, it's another craft that you have to get great at. And it takes time and study and error. A lot of people that grow so quickly on either platform will naturally get scared of the change because what's worked, let's keep it this way. Mm -hmm. I try not to do that. When things started happening in a great way on my Instagram, that's where you could take you, you could take the biggest risk and you could lose everything. Because I've seen accounts and I would actually troll certain accounts where they, they hit a spike and then they 
dropped and then they would go viral again. And for some reason, it's not, it's not working the way it is. I'm like, okay, yeah. I see discrepancies here, but then when they go to TikTok, they're killing. It. I said, Oh, wait a minute. They're taking a TikTok mentality with their algorithm. Instagram where Instagram's kind of, let, let's just spill some stuff on a table. That's the algorithm. Any, mini money viral, any, mini money viral. And then TikTok's like, you're not, you wait, you're vegetables. Now nah, this is an all meat dinner. Now nah, vegetables get get off this table. And it's easy because we're talking about meat, talking about steak. We're talking about lamb. If you're within that category of meat, but then your, your goal is to talk about healthy eating, then it could be lean meats. It could be using different oils. It could be using maybe no spice use, whatever it is. Preparation could be different instead of burning and charring your, your food that could fit in a TikTok audience, but Instagram, you could be a little innovative, but again, yeah, yeah. Eat that foundation. So. No, that's so interesting. And then, so when it comes to, when you're helping people come up with their stories and their brands and these sorts of things, when you're working with leaders, are you helping them also tell their story? Like when they come up with their mission per se, are you helping them convey that down the ranks? If it's a more, a big organization and then what does that process look like? And what do you think if someone's trying to share their mission with the rest of their company to really internalize it, what are some things you think someone needs to do? Well, that's a great question. Um, because you, you want the janitor to know the purpose of the company. Yeah. There's part of it. And the security guard that's hired third party, they still need to know uh, what's most important is the mission statement. I think if you can keep that message simple, again, it's going back to building that foundation of what this company was built on, then you could teach them. But then if you have bullet points of, again, the main categories as to, let's say we're a purpose-driven uh, company that focuses on ending homelessness. It could be about health. It could be about finances. It could be about relationships. Those could be the main pillars. Then can you, you don't, can you dedicate programs to focus on health, because if health is an area, then let's have a gym, let's have a smoothie bar, mm. let's let's get yoga classes going. Perhaps take a day break, and we'll cater lunch for Wednesday, uh, once a month. And we're going to have a yoga session. Everybody participates, whether you like it or not. You're going to participate, mm. and they have showers, locker rooms, and all that. Um, if it's more on the relationship side of things, then let's have more family outings. So events can help, but then. Also, Not a uh, pizza party. <laughs> yeah, oh, but look, vegan pizza, you know, gluten-free pizza. Yeah, you can probably make it work. So stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but I think if you, if the, if the leader, if I can help the leader understand how simple the message needs to be, because you have so many different people, so many different departments, so many different personalities. And the fact that you're probably, if you own the company of 10,000 employees, you're not going to know everyone. There's got to be mm -hmm. some way you can convey a piece of you to everybody else so that everybody else can know that, okay, I know he's a busy CEO. He's, he's a busy executive, but he cares because he put these things in place. Because when I'm reading the mission statement, when I'm going through this boring uh, um, employee manual the handbook, but then you see the mission statement, focus on this, this, and this, and this, then I think if the engagement and the conversation following that could be questions about, well, do you, what, how are you, taking care of our health? How are you taking care of 
um, our, our minds. We're talking about mm-hmm. mental health is one of your pillars. How are you taking care of the mental health? Well, we're not doing, we're doing remote work 80%. You could stay home, but you're welcome to come into work. Um, for that situation, we'll give you an hour and a half lunch break so that you could uh, reset your mind. And that's why we have a lot of employees so we can fill in the gaps. And I think that is critical to what you're saying because I've worked with other organizations where you could, you knew that mission just did not come down. Like I knew that whoever was at the top, I was like, I didn't even know sometimes who it was. Mm. And that's sort of like, that's a big, that was a big organization. I've worked at medium ones and it was a, it was a coin flip of how they could be represented. Now, do you think that you, do you think this is something that you can learn? Or do you think as your shirt says, like greatness is a process, do you think someone can learn and become a leader or is it something where you kind of, you really need to have some sort of characteristic that you're given as a child and then you can grow from there. Or do you think anyone, like, regardless if you have 0%, you can, you can learn it. No, I, I believe leadership is, um, is not just learned, but it's earned. I think what, um, what people need to learn mm. is, is the word confidence and courage and boldness. I mean, some really big words. Yeah. That's something that's not encouraged. Don't talk to strangers. Don't ask for, now don't ask for more than you can handle. You know, don't ask for a second cookie. Don't, don't even take the last cookie. Okay. Don't take the last cookie. But if there's a whole batch, do you, are you, are you encouraging your kids? If you haven't now, do you have any kids, Andrew? No, no, I don't know. Okay. I'm sure like, I'm sure when you have kids and when I have kids, I want to encourage them to be curious and, and actually not just ask questions, but to leadership is easily is simply defined doing it first. And other people come behind you. That's leadership, basically. It's not a very sexy def- definition. But if we could teach them how to take charge and to know that you can unashamedly do it without scolding, without criticism, I, I believe you can learn that. But you have to practice it. You can mm-hmm. learn so much. You can hear so much motivational talk. But you got to walk up to the girl, ask her out on a date, or say hi. You, you got to ask um, for the sale what do we call that? Call to action. If you ever watch any of my posts, anything, anything in my descriptions, any of my videos, there's a call to action. Get your butt out of your seat, take a freaking piece of paper out and write this down, or go ahead and do something extra, like tap on the screen and and like this, share this comment. Because most people that that say that leadership is something that's gifted to, to the elite, they're the ones you have to tell them what to do. And so as a leader, if you can, if you can set off a call to action, they're going to do it because they need direction. And some people admit that it's like, Hey, I need some direction. Just tell me what to do. I'm like, okay, so you, you're not ready for leadership because you aren't ready to set out on your own or set from a side of me to go ahead of me to uh, take, take some kind of piece of action. So. Except I do think some leader, I think that can make a leader too, because if you have certain people and they know they need help, like that takes a lot of guts too to say, Hey, I'm leading this huge organization. And I don't know what the heck I'm doing at this point. Like I need some, some sort of direction, maybe not with the whole thing now, right. but if it's like with you, when it comes to social media, maybe someone's been doing this for however long, obviously COVID switched everything, just flipped everything on its head. People obviously now know they need to have, know how to use zoom, social media, e-commerce, 
And then they, or, you know, tell those stories and then they bring you in to help lead them. And I think that is a potential mark for a leader. It's like, Hey, I don't know what the heck I'm doing here, but. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. But we're both wearing pretty good shirts. So this is unbreakable in um, Spanish. So with height, uh, when you join in, we all go through an ice bath. We do like a, do you know who Wim Hof is? Man. Okay. So uh, I know people are tuned in. Uh, we, we host a room every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday about cold showers and Wim Hof method. What is this? Can you, <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, um, get into uh, the ice bath part. So, um, I stumbled upon a room one time on clubhouse and this was before the accident where it was a young lady who became an empath. And so she, um, heard somewhere about Wim Hof. I think it was like a, a mm-hmm. podcast and she started taking cold showers would do these rooms live. Like she was in the shower doing these rooms. And I got in there and said, cool, we can all be naked and take a shower and not be like, (laughs) and take a cold shower, like screaming and cussing and everything. I wasn't, I was just, I kept it cool. They were all cussing and screaming. I'm like, this is awesome. We're like having a good time. But then we were able to um, set the room into a standard where we taught on how, why cold showers worked. Uh, the scientific benefits, the testimonies, and then we got upgraded into doing these ice baths when these Wim Hof instructors, level two instructors and level three instructors would come into space and offer workshops. And we went, recorded it live, had some reels done with it. And from there, uh, it's been about 15 months. We've had this room pretty much uh, at least once a week. Every and that's week. on Clubhouse? Yeah, on Clubhouse. Yeah, we're having the room oh tomorrow, actually. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is that on- still only on Apple? Uh, no, it's actually, I think since last year, late last year, they made it available for all uh, all operating systems. So it's on Android. I mean, it's just such a powerful thing. So I I was that kid that always wore shorts when I was growing up in Maine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all year long. I was that kid for like 10 years. All, all I wore were shorts. Blizzard minus whatever. I was in shorts. After living in Nicaragua and Peru for a number of years, like I came back and I was like, anything under 80, I can't do. So I was always such a baby when it came to the cold. (laughs) And I didn't think I was going to be able to do the ice bath. Mm. I was like freaking out. I was like, I hate the cold. I'm not going to do this. I'm sort of a hypochondriac. And it was just amazing what you can do with your voice. And ever since then, it really opened up so many doors. I've been reading. um, I'm trying to get the book Breathe. I've been doing like, great book. Um, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm drawing blanks, but I've been going down these rabbit holes of like meditation, like the 10% happier by, by Den Harris. Okay. The book of joy with the Dalai Lama and the archbishop um, Desmond Tutu from South Africa. And just going into like these meditation breathing exercises, because it's amazing what you can do. Even if you're having like one of those days, where again, if you're like leading me and someone else are starting this agency. Absolutely. Step back. You're like breathing. Like if I'm trying to do the storyboard and it's just, it's an incredible thing, but if, and when, if we ever, we should probably try to set one up in person, maybe get some big, like some barrels that people can sit in like full body size. So we have ice up to their shoulders. Oh yeah. And see if we could do that in person here in Atlanta. I think that would be killer. Yeah, I uh, I actually have the okay to fly any of the three that I stay in touch with uh, instructors. I'll, I'll fly them in, 
and they'll host a workshop. And um, I've been quietly working with the with Truist Park to host a big one with about a hundred students. So we're kind of we're kind of throwing that in there as a as a <laughs> big big workshop. It's gonna be a weekend workshop uh, when the Braves aren't playing, and we'll do it on the infield so that people can enjoy the infield, and we'll have a bunch of these um, horse troughs and like a little uh, personal tanks that they could sit in and do ice bats and uh, sign me up for that. We'll, we'll, we'll knock it out. So, so wait, so with height, so was that like, um, like a test that everybody had to take to get hired on height? We, so there's two things, one height, everyone has a commitment that you make like some sort of commitment, which is why you do what you do. So for example, I have mine here up on a plaque. And mine is I'm the commitment to being a silent shepherd for my community, my family, myself and strangers. And I left it kind of broad. So when I was growing up, I had this one track coach. I had people within the scouts and in my school, certain teachers that really kind of led the way for me and let me become who I come. And if it wasn't for those people, I didn't realize the influence they had on me until, you know, it's like always when you're older, you understand, you look back and what I would like to do with Hyde and the agency that we're running is picking those businesses that are going to help other people and then help them grow their business and teach them how to do these things. And then on the side, we are do, we're starting to do some pro bono work. So like nonprofits in Atlanta that are doing, that need help with their website, getting Google grants, you know, people that are doing stuff here with movements that I care about. And again, I, I think I'm just trying to do it without necessarily like, being as obvious about it and just that's why I chose like silent shepherd where it's like you're leading the way I guess in a way going to like the topic of what we're kind of talking about but so that was the commitment and then there's a a a coach on the team as well that they have hired within the franchise like all of the company that all the employees within the actual company and the new franchisee owners have to go through so part of it is like learning breathing exercises and then doing the ice bath and then before you go into the ice bath you come up with your commitments you state it on camera you go in and he tells one story of that someone was having like a mental breakdown they were having like a panic attack oh wow they, they had to close their mouth focus on their breathing and then they were able to go through it wow and i think Going back to your shirt, going back to my shirt, it's just funny that we both wear black shirts with statements on it. Unbreakable and greatness is a process. I mean, they go. They're hand in hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that's a, I mean, I think that's really cool because it, it's, it's supposed to be a relaxing tool. I mean, an ice oh. bath, actually an ice bath is easier than a cold shower because when the beads <laughs> of water are touching you, it's like air is involved. You're like, dang okay i have a choice you kind of have to rotate your whole body like this trying to <laughs> make it so it's kind of even rotisserie turkey basically yeah, yeah i'm not skinny so i'm like all right well i'm gonna miss some parts here <laughs> i mean it's tough the first time once you have the experience and you kind of know okay the first time's not that bad yeah i can do this breathing exercise and i know i, I can expect what's coming mm-hmm. but i it's that first time i was like all right so i was like when we were there, I was like, I'm, I'm going in first. I just need to get it over with. Do it, get me <laughs> right. in. Now, do you have any sort of commitment yourself? Like, is there something when you're working with uh, a group of people, these you're trying to set up these groups doing ice baths up in Truist Park, companies that need help with their mission, their storytelling. Like, do you have a, some sort of commitment that you 
that you, that you're committed to, <laughs> I guess using the word twice, but yeah, um, I would say there, there are two words and I, th I believe those are the two words that for, for any, any man who's trying to find his way to become a masculine man, uh, also ties in with companies as well that want to lead and want to uh, change through chaos is uh, the two words, purpose and excellence. Hmm. I'm committed to the two because purpose is something that gives us a reason. It's, it's about finding reason as to why, uh, how you could respond when hmm. things happen. But then excellence is equipping yourself, becoming not, I'll just be yourself, but be a better version of yourself so that when challenges happen to the business, not just pivoting, but taking the hits because you work out, I work out. Anybody that's tuning in that works out knows that the little micro tears that happen are, it's a response so that when the inflammation kicks in enough of it and you have the right nutrients inside of you, then you get stronger. And so that's the whole thing is that the day that you decide to not grow and to become a better version of yourself, that's when you start dying. That's when you, I guess if you want to call it betatize yourself. I mean, that's when you start giving up that power that you have for yourself to other things. And so uh, those are the two things I commit to. And I, I mean, I can tell that's what's driving your business too. I mean, without purpose, like everything else is going to fail without purpose. You're not going to have something when you hit that mark of saying, Hey, I want to earn this amount. I want to have this many clients. I want to be do X, Y, Z without that purpose. You hit those numbers and you're like, what now? Right. And I think that's, that's where you start losing it. Have you ever heard of, um, I want to say it's an old rabbi and he talks about when an old lobster, when a lobster is growing, it reaches its shell and then it has to expand. And have you ever seen that story? No, but um, I was I was told that similar story. And um, actually, I was in Harpswell, Maine, and I uh, heard the story from a bunch of uh, fishers from was it Harpswell. It's a place called Erica Seafood, one of the okay. best places you can actually dive in for the lobster. And they would actually, as I came up from their tub, whoosh, and uh, they they told the story about that a little bit of how they break their shell, but Would yeah, you share it for the person listening. So, yeah. So, um, when you, when they outgrow the shell, they, they have to outgrow the shell. So they have to break the shell. And, but what I didn't understand is that when they broke through the shell about the, I guess what they call the reshelling process, mm -hmm. I didn't really pay attention to that because the hush puppies were ready and the French fries are ready. So I didn't understand that, but it's, it's like kind of like us where we, we have the shell that we live in right now. And that as we choose towards the word excellence, that we break out of the mold. And um, I think they related it to larva to become a butterfly where they break out of the cocoon and they blossom to something else. So that's kind of what I was told. Yeah. The story is that you will form a new shell, but that's because of the outside elements that keep attacking you. And that's what life does to you is that. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it kind of hardens the shell. So you build another shell, you have to grow through it and constantly break the shell. So, yeah, it's the way the rabbi explains, and I can share it with you on, I can put in the comments and I can share it with you afterwards is when the lobster or the crab, whatever it is, is growing and it reaches that point of the shell, it gets uncomfortable mm -hmm. and has to decide to leave that shell or to stay there. 
now if you leave, there's predators, they can come after you, they can do whatever, you know, like you can die. But you have, if you want to keep growing, you have to find leave and find that next shell. And that's without life, like without that uncomfortableness of leaving your shell and finding that new thing, you can never grow. And then the next, the next shell, you're, you're going to outgrow that. Mm-hmm. You get uncomfortable. So you have to leave that and then go again into the uncomfortableness. And then, and that's the story he tells is like without uncomfortableness, without seek. Have you ever heard of yes theory? Yes. I have a ring, this one where I got from them and it says seek discomfort. And it's always just that theory of, of yes theory where it's all just about being unbreakable. And again, you're sure. <laughs> um, but I'm glad we were able to meet today. Um, so if someone wants to find you, if they want to learn more about telling stories and see everything that you're doing, where should they find you? Well, easiest place is Instagram. They can find me at the JK effect. So T H E J K E F F E C T or uh, they can find me on Beacons. Uh, Beacons is kind of like Linktree, so they can go to Beacons, B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot A-I uh, forward slash J-K the brand, and they'll find all the links. Um, I actually have to, uh, I want to post uh, two articles that I was published in, which one was the Econ- um, Economic Journal Magazine and then New York Weekly had uh, featured me in uh, my storytelling. Oh. So you can find me on those uh, channels. Instagram would be a great start because you'll see the beacons link on my bio. That's awesome. And I'll put it down below too. I'll make sure to share it. Awesome. Well, thank well, you so much, Joseph. I'm glad we were able to connect once again. And I hope to meet at one of those ice bath meetups, maybe, maybe another networking thing. Uh, yes, we're again, we're, we're getting close to uh, getting it figured out. It might be at a different place, but when we get it figured out, we got you a seat saved. No problem and guaranteed, Daryl. All right, man. Thank you so much. You bet, man. It was a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. All right, I'll leave it there. But really, thank you. Um, I'm trying to. So it should be. I'm trying to store up some. So I've done a handful. Okay. And I'm trying to get that bucket once I have like 15 ish, which shouldn't be too much more. Um, we're gonna start rolling them out whether it's weekly bi-weekly um but it looks like weekly and then it so it's looking like around june that okay so are you um gonna just post this as just like a, an audio um i'm hoping both if that's all right with you i would love to do that put it on instagram um and then we will also be able to chop up some of it too and then yeah. i'll give it to you that way you can chop it up if you'd like if you want more um because that's just something like we can use on tiktok we can put it on youtube you know that's my plan with it at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. I think if you clip it up, what happens is um, you, they're not going to get all of it if you clip it up because it, their attention span. So um, all of our attention spans so low. We'll, we only look at the last one or two posts and we, we didn't realize that we read the whole story. And that's the thing. That's why I said you should chop up your story because they're not going to get the whole story. They, they did, but they didn't realize they did. And then they yeah. Went, yeah, so like when I used to listen to Joe Rogan a lot, um i don't as much anymore but i always used to find him through those clips the highlight clips like that's how i found him and then i found that interesting part i'm like this is someone i want to listen to oh yeah and then i'd go listen to the whole thing but again if it didn't happen with the clip (laughs) but no i appreciate it man and we'll be in touch and um yeah i'll see you around are there any good networking things coming up 
Um, I know is there's the 40 under one. 40 after 40 under 40. Yeah, I think that one is the 12th, I believe. Whatever that Thursday is, that should be network under 40 has one. Uh, if you can get to Kennesaw or Ackworth, uh, this Thursday, there's a luncheon where Herschel Walker, former UGA dog, all that. Yeah, he's the guest speaker for that one on that Thursday. Um, there is one called the big event. Yeah. With Joel. Yeah. With Joel, I'd say that one, um, I wouldn't get caught in the trap of all the vendors that will be there because those are easy conversations, but he, he draws in anywhere from 300 to a thousand people in one. Yeah. I've always been debating on, on getting a table for one of them. I mean, if you can find somebody to kind of take over for you for a bit while you go out and like, uh, meander and stuff you can definitely do that okay uh, yeah I, I don't think they're a bad deal and um he'll take care of you but if you can get that helper to kind of man the station while you're going out networking um with the with the crowd that's walking around then i think that'd be a great idea i don't know about this one coming up because i know that the event scene has been a little uh different All over the place yeah and uh, the numbers may not be as big as what i just said because a lot of people may not be um going out as much so Andrew J. Clark. Um, I'm trying to come up with my clubhouse right now. Awesome. I'm just going. And to... then, so what would that, how do I find the group that you're in? So um, you can find me, actually, I would say just follow me on clubhouse. I'll follow you back. And um, if you, uh, or if you could go to the club, uh, do the search on clubhouse for clubs, just type cold showers. It's the only one that, that cold has 4,500 members. Easy to find. Okay. Is there any tricks to Clubhouse? No, it's uh, it's it's frequency. It's um, it's you attending the spaces uh, often. Um, it's you getting your bio in, in place so that you know you know what you do and has certain keywords people are looking for. But it's mostly just connecting and finding the right places that you could speak in. And the more I think you're you're social capital is based on the value that you speak and then they see um your socials attached to it synced up and they'll follow you on there and if you're not full of crap then and you're like consistent you're consistent all across the board that's how you'll grow i mean my my audience is um pretty um pretty steady it's uh, almost a one-to-one -one ratio followers to follow people who follow me um so cold showers 4.5 members four rooms of Yep. There you are, Joseph Kim. Yep. Not and you said, um, so I should go in there. And is this like people, you're just constantly talking? Like, not all the time. You're hearing other people talk too. That's kind of what you want. It's almost a podcast in a sense. It's like a large podcast type of room. What's up? You're going to basically, yeah. So yeah. Your voice came up. <laughs> yeah. So no, you're good. So, so um, I would say uh, it's um, you're going to also put in, I think in your bio categories that you'd be interested in so that you can lean towards like entrepreneurship rooms to crypto rooms, uh, health-based rooms. Um, I think I put a little everything. So I'll, I'll be invited to different spaces, but yeah, the more you, you get on a stage to talk and share, they'll um, they'll graduate you to a moderator, which that doesn't really mean much except, Oh, you have, a badge of authority that actually helps you because it helps build credibility. So, okay, he has authority in the space or talking about this thing. Um, I'm going to follow this guy. It's, it's probably the most 
indirect approach to getting leads that you okay. never would have got because you're getting followed by people. Sometimes you don't even know. You're like, oh shoot, okay, you're you're in um, you're in the PR space, and actually, wait a minute, I've read about you. So something like James Clear was on um, who wrote Atomic Habits. He was on okay. Clubhouse a few times. Uh, oh crap, uh, Chris Voss, who's the former FBI. Yeah, hospital. yeah, I love his book, The Never Split the Difference. Yeah, he's been on Clubhouse a lot. Um, who else? Uh, John Maxwell was on there. Uh, Aziz Ansari was on there. 50 Cent was on there. Um, what's her name? Uh, Tiffany Haddish is on there a lot. So you might be interesting. So, you know, some, some really big names that are popping there, but I would say those aren't the ones that Les Brown is on there a lot. Um, I got connected with one of his uh, go-to guys, Kareem Ellis. Um, he's like one, like he works directly with Les Brown. He says, I want you to come to space when he comes in a room. I want you to share your story. Cause I want you to speak on a stage for less, but it's yeah, because yeah. they see everything. When I'm talking, it matches the bios, um, the temperature of the bio. They see the Instagram, like, Holy crap. Okay. You know what the hell you're talking about, but nobody's like promoting you. I'm like, nah, I'm just having fun with it. And if I, uh, if I get clients out of it, which I, I know I will, it's no big deal. I got this. And so that's kind of what clubhouse gives you is that a little assurance that you're, you're going to be an authority somewhere and you'll, you'll be able to um, uh, get that credibility as you're building your network instead mm-hmm. of like, well, let's set up a call, 15 minute coffee session, blah, blah, blah. Now you have a little credibility. It's like, okay, build the storyline now. And then you get into spaces like, hey, where'd you come from? Welcome to freaking clubhouse, Andrew. Okay, great. You have all this <laughs> stuff out. And you're going to get these Raven fans that want to connect with you anyways. I had to build that from scratch because okay. I didn't have articles written on me. I didn't have the large Instagram. I had a smaller one before that. And I had to rebuild it. Uh, rebuild a second one. You know the deal. And, yeah. You know, and the, the stuff happened. And, and now it's gangbusters. Now I'm like, okay, bonfire is going off. Let's just throw a bunch of stuff in it. Let's throw a car in <laughs> Let's throw a house in there. I want to throw everything in there. And then so the other thing I wanted to ask you before you got off is like, um, who's – the best type of person for you to look for? Cause I come across business owners all the time and whatnot. Like who's like the type of person you're looking for? Like who's a great referral for you? Uh, I don't have like a, a hot candidate that I want to work with, but I would say I'm the same way. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we're on the same on this. It's someone who, is is so open-minded and they say you know screw it i i want to give you guys a shot and they're they have the the budget or they may not have the budget but they're willing to invest uh, but somebody who understands yeah. that okay we, we don't understand social media we don't understand storytelling we need you to tell us we're willing to listen we're not going to draw back we're not going to argue back we're we're pretty much putty to your hands please mm-hmm. hold us that's what I look for. And actually, I'm starting to find more of those people, which is really, really funny. But yeah. Yeah, we've been talking with the Donald Miller crew as well. We're trying to figure out if we can get some sort of partnership to get like qualified with them and whatnot, you know, like get certified. Yeah. Um, because like for me, like I don't, that's not my expertise what, like whatsoever right now. I'm getting better at it, but I'm still not there. So like, that's why I still need training. Like I'm trying to wait for that story brand book. Cause I use Libby. Like I don't want to pay for it. 
Um, so I just, I'm waiting for it to come out. I have it on hold. So I've gone through, as I mentioned before, the business made simple and the marketing made simple, which were great, but I'm waiting for now the big one, the story brand. So that way I can go through and do my own story brand. Cause I can't explain to people how to do it if I don't do it myself. Right. Right. You know, um, like, yeah. And I don't think you have to be technical about it. You just gotta, it's just something that, again, this has to be something bite-sized. It's easy for people, regular people, because who runs companies, regular people, they just have a title next yeah. to it. That's it. <laughs> that's always a good reminder. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what reminded of all that was when the pandemic caused the lockdowns, your CEO became a dad at home or became a single dude. That I think the best thing is also, yeah, I'd like Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, they're in their bedroom. And they have their kids doing their like their fucking makeup and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> you start seeing them and you're like, man, they're not that good looking. Yeah, I, it's. And, and I think once I threw that element out, I said, okay, I think everybody deserves to be uh, to tell a better story, and that mm-hmm. I, I can I can reach the people. I bet I can reach people of ma- massive influence and not worry about like, oh well, who's this guy? I think because man, I'm telling you, when um when everything started growing. Um, the, the hater count exponentially increased. That's something I don't tell people. Um, I, I shared a, a, I collaborated a post with a, a guy that I'm shooting to meet with in June. I'm going to a, um, content creators and influencers convention, but, mm. um, and somebody told me I'm speaking at this. I'm like, bullshit. I'm not speaking at this. So it's like, no, you're speaking in front of hundred people. I'm like, Okay, whatever. I'll I'll speak in front of that, but um, you owe me a, a, a private jet ride for this because uh, my my words don't come for free. Just joking, but um, I was um, collaborating on a post with uh, with a man who big burly guy, beard bigger and more gangster than yours and mine. I got a little bit, but he's more gangster than you are. But he's like <laughs> six four, two hundred sixty pounds, but like straight up muscle, like got veins on his nose and his eyelids. I'm like. This dude's a freaking monster, but he was vulnerable in a video last year about how, when you check on a man, how, you know, ask how they're doing. It's like, I'm all right. I'm all right. does not mean jack shit. It just means, look, you guys don't give a shit anyways, when you ask us this question. So, um, he went and did this video and he got, you know, 10,000 views. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, I'll work with you and see if we could, um, co- uh, collaborate in this video. And actually the video on my Instagram is under bro checkup. Um, it was at about 10,000 views after the first maybe week. Now, if you go to the stats, if you go under the Reels tab, uh, it's well over a half a million views. And this is within a week, from 10,000 to a half a million in a week. And But the most important thing, it was actually shared to stories 7,000 times and it was saved in stories over 4,000 times. It, the best post ever. This guy comes back and says, brother, thank you for this. And you're, you know, you're a friend in my book. You're a brother in my book. I said, look, um, uh, we're, we're in this. Let's band together about this because uh, this stuff is amazing. Um, but then I started getting DMs and uh, responses of how people ended their days of suicide attempts. This is no more days of slashing wrists. The guns were put away. The, uh, the poison that they were going to drink was gone. And this is worldwide. So 500,000 ears listen to a message and i got 10 people that came out of the woodwork and the um and messaged me and said thank you for this this is something i said look thanks for stopping by uh this is not the end of it but then on top of that i got more haters that came out of that than the people that i met in person at networking events 
started uh, throwing shit at my um, and throwing some shade mm-hmm. at my stuff, saying, "Oh yeah, you bought all this stuff." I said, "Wow, this is uh, this is what haters are about." And um, I said, "Look, I feel I feel sorry that you think that way because you don't know about uh, back back in back behind the scenes type of work. You don't understand that. You just bought an expensive." A little toy to use as a as a, an attempt a feeble attempt to say well i have a good service i'm like good service isn't through a product that's a cop-out is your is your product and your service based on what value that you present to other people yeah. but yeah that post has actually has not stopped since i hit the, because it, it it was like at this mark of like three hundred sixty thousand views like, okay cool um it, and that's under the jk jke one you said uh, yeah, the the JK effect. If you go to, uh, to Instagram, and it's the the bro checkup uh, post, and um, it's got over forty four thousand likes, which I don't care about the likes. Uh, Five hundred plus comments, which I've never received that much. And how many views was it? I'm trying to find it on your reels. Go, so go to the um, if if you go to my profile and yep. you you see the reels tab tap yep. on, scroll down, you'll see the number that has five hundred something k. Okay, I'll go through. Okay. Most of them have about 100. Oh, bro, check up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll watch this. I'll watch this in a sec. Yeah, I found it. I'll watch it. Yeah. I don't want to watch it with. Yeah, so I checked I checked the stats because, uh, again, I'm trying to study behavior and see what works for Instagram so that I could t- take it to my clients and, and see what works for them. And um, I'll keep, but again, I'll experiment with so many different things. And so that guy right there, I'll meet with him in person. We're going to do a follow-up video when I see him in the first week of June. So, but his, what ironically happened, he's not a client of mine. He went from 4,400 followers to 5,000 in a day. So mm-hmm. he grew 600 followers in a day. His video numbers grew 7,000 views in about a week, but it was an old video from a year ago, but they went back to and found like they, they found his accounts. Like, okay, he doesn't have a lot of posts and we'll, we'll go into that. So now every day I engage on Instagram I'll actually, those numbers will continue growing. So, but this is not, this is not like, dude, we're going to hit a million and then it just dies. It just went from 10,000 like, or whatever, uh, 15, 20, 30,000 within like hours and boom, 100,000. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to share it. That's go for it. Yeah, go for it. It's, um, I think it's a great video. Like so, uh, we've had several people remix it too and try to like do a response video, split screen. I'm like, this is amazing. And they would come back to me and say, dude, thank you. I, I will not follow divorce or I won't start eating all this, you know, crazy junk food. I'm going to turn my life around because of this. I'm like, whoa. So for moments like that, that's why I'm actually yeah. glad I'm, I'm a storyteller because I get to share somebody else's story, but put, because the description, the caption for that post that bro checkup, I wrote all that because his was a very short, like two liner. Mine's like a whole, like, paragraphs and paragraphs oh it's amazing so yeah i mean i I think it's crazy too because a lot of people i mean i think i know we came through evolution like that's why what you're talking about all the haters it's like all this good like you you're getting tons of positive comments i'm sure oh absolutely thousands because you had fifty thousand, whatever it was on instagram and maybe like a ten percent a hundred of them are bad but we focus on that one or two and it, it's, it's crazy how the brain works that way. How, I mean, I know like through evol- evolution, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have known not to eat that, like that poisonous mushroom in the, in the forest. But now that we're past that, it's like, we always focus on the negative thing. 
Oh, easy. Because it's easy. It's, it's, so easy tough. it's all over the place. Negative is easy. I mean, for God's sake. So then one of the things that we're um, uh, we're trying to address, not through storytelling, but through the, uh, I, I kind of threw in about masculinity is the fact that um, the, the whole dating scene is fucked up. Like it's, it's just wrecked. And mm. because of the, the modern women and how, uh, how the men are focusing on chasing the women. And it's like, um, well, there's no good guys out there. I'm like, yeah, there's your disillusion and it, it's just this mess. And, uh, so I think we have a lot of work on our hands. There's a lot more issues than meets the eye. That's why I feel like I, I'm stayed abundant because there's a, an abundance of problems and issues that, man, can I, can I cater my story to address the issue of what people are asking, what they're talking about? And if it's back to those two things, purpose and, and, um, and uh, purpose and excellence, I can easily do like 10, 15 second little shorts. Then I can do little speaking engagements or uh, write an ebook, whatever, or get count, like coach people on that, on how to become excellent. It's not very hard. But it's like, well, can you cater to me what I should do? Okay, mm. uh, get your get your ass on the floor, lay in a, in a position where you can do a push up. I'm gonna teach you how to do a push up. You're gonna do five of these every single day. I don't care if you don't feel good. I don't care if you have diarrhea coming out your butt. Get your five push ups in right now. Then hop your ass on a toilet so that you can, you know, get rid of all this crap. But I realized also what I learned about ice baths and cold showers. It um, uh, I'm gonna teach about this about the lymphatic system. The lymph nodes activate like crazy. And so yeah, 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 but that's because it's trying to flush out all the stuff and the extra mm. crap that's going in your system. So you might actually be a little overweight because of the lymphatic system because the lymph fluid is like stuck somewhere. Because you're looking at yourself, you're like, how am I? How am I freaking overweight? This doesn't make any freaking sense. Lymphatic system, you're not allowed because you're holding it in. No, when you have to go to the bathroom, go. For God's sake, we're adults, but they're like, oh no, you got to finish this project. I'm like, I'm bringing my phone into the stall. I'm going to squat my ass on the toilet. I'm going to send this email because ain't nobody going to hear me. All oh, the NSA is going to look at me. Cool. You see down there? Look, that's what I'm doing right now. They're like, oh, God. It's like, cool. Let me just go to work. Let me get done. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I was when I was living in Nicaragua and Peru for those six, seven years, most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, I only had cold showers because that's all, you know, when you're abroad, that's all you really ever have. And it's already hot enough, so it's whatever. But I didn't realize how good it was. You know, like it makes sense, but that's why if, again, if you do something in person, even if you need help organizing something like I'm all up for doing that, cause I'm trying to find, I've only done it once and I did it in my bathroom, my bathtub. Okay. I just took a bunch of ice. Like when I came back, cause I didn't have, I don't have like those big ones that I can sit in. I'll yeah. just buy some ice, throw it in my bathtub to at least try it. But it's not the same when you're not with people or you make, make something oh, out of it. I like making I've noticed being with other people, you do like the entire experience. You maybe have a coach that kind of talks you through something, you learn something and then you see other people go through and you see, I don't know, it's, that's a good experience. Yeah. I mean, even if it's, um, you have somebody that looks to you as, uh, as the one that is confident and you hold their hand through it and they only think about the handholding while they're in the cold submerged. But then in the ice bath, you hit a sweet spot where all your blood vessels constrict and you get that numb feel and it's like the tightness, but then it kind of doesn't release, but it's like, you're thinking about the tightness of your muscles, you're like, or your blood vessels, but then the time passes and you yeah. go out a few minutes passes and you get out, get out of the, uh, the ice bath. And you're like, that's it. I want to do this again. And I said, no, 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 no. It's not the ice bath. That's going to be cold. And that's going to be treacherous. It's 
10 minutes after you're out of the ice bath, you're going to hit this uh, glacial runoff through your back. You're like, oh my God. Huh, ooh, ha. I'll teach you the horse stance where you're just kind of doing the ooh, ha, ooh, ha, and you warm up. Or you can actually turn into Super Saiyan where you can activate the, activate the brown adipose fat tissue by tensing up the muscles in certain areas so that you can redirect the heat in certain body parts. And it's like, I'm not there yet. Ah. And What's the longest? How long have you done it? Um, I don't stand there long. 10 minutes was the longest I was in the ice bath, but I went in Holy three shit. times. Uh, so 30 minutes total. And, um, now, a, 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 a cool little cheat you could do, you can buy one of those little mesh baggies. So it's like a, it's like a bag, but it's got little holes. Like in those it. bean bag kind of things like the hacky sack, whatever. Yeah. And just put, and just put ice in the bag because it's got a bunch of holes in it through the mesh and you drawstring it to the top of the shower head so that the shower head's covered with this bag. When the water comes down, it melts the ice and you get nice glacier runoff. It's even worse than a cold shower because it's little drops of cold, like if you've ever had like hot water, scalding water, like dripping on your skin, think oh of the God. opposite of that cold water. Ooh, it feels so good. You're kind of like, ah, oh, one more and when it's gone because you get a whole bag of the cuties bags or the mesh bags with ice. It'll run out in a minute, but you get a whole minute of this big drip and you're like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, and hit the vagus nerve. Like, oh, this feels good. And you get really cold water. Um, but what I try to do also is if it snowed, if you went to Chicago, what I did in four degree snowy weather, I went shirtless, ran outside a little bit, but I laid in the path, laid in the snow and I rolled. I did a video. Actually, I did a, a reel before everything uh, started blowing up. And You're crazy. You're like, like a mirror and uh, Amar <laughs> on, uh, on yesterday because they just went to Ukraine. They're in like northern, northern, uh, where the hell was it? Russia. Like really? up in Siberia. No kidding. Um, and it was the coldest town in, on earth. Oh, man. And he went into the water there. And he yeah. did a nice bath in the lake. <laughs> yes, Theory. You got to watch it. I mean, it's, yes, Theory, uh, world's coldest. But I'll let you go. I know I've kept you. It's late. I've kept you longer than I was expecting. Let me just pull this up and then. No, you're good. Actually, I have, a, um, I have someone who's in, uh, in the attendance of the, I'm still running the live. And um, the the girl, the gal who started the cold shower room on Clubhouse is actually listening to this live. So, Vanessa, if you're here, we're giving cold showers a shout out because I know um, you're the reason why I stuck <laughs> with this. And we got another victim um, to come to the space. So, uh, well, I think he'll be coming in tomorrow or Friday uh, morning. So I think Friday. Yeah, I'll have both rooms in the morning and stuff. So uh, just want to give Vanessa Spiva a shout out. The empath enlightening coach she is a performance coach and all that good stuff so i want to say what's up to my sister and say hello and all that yeah so vanessa was a um vanessa spiva is the um the originator of the uh the club but um i was doing the practice already but again that whole like a space where people can come together and encourage each other even though it's virtual and nobody like can see each other in the cold shower people still go in there it's like all right turning on my cold water i'm in there Ah, ah, say breathe you got this breathe motherfucker breathe as um wim hoff would say and well it's not um, even that it's like you close your mouth like don't breathe through your mouth like <laughs> close your mouth breathe through your nose and it's just so much easier to relax yeah yeah and if it works for you that's the way to do it and we're telling people that if you can find a way to get calm somehow like if you're distracting the monkey brain and the croc brain with music or a podcast or you talking or singing 
then it might get you to breathe differently. Some people don't try to focus on their breathing. They'll focus on an activity. So as long as you can do a calm state, I have no judgment towards that. You go do your thing, do you, and uh, report your findings. But we want people to be in there long <laughs> enough where two minutes, that's it. Uh, or if their body temperature could core enough so that it gets back to a normal state because they may be overheating. So they have, may have to be in the cold water for like two, three minutes, but they get cold very easily. 30 seconds is all they need. Warm water to cold, 30 seconds, they're done. They're yeah, good. that's how long That's how long I did it. I did three minutes because we had a lot of people. So it's just like tap out at that. But I did it the th for three minutes. And then I've been working on doing the, the breathing exercises. Like here, my thing with the Wim Hof app, I was using it. And I ran out of the free one. So now I use YouTube. And I'm, I was up towards like, I think a minute, almost two minutes, a, mi a little over two minutes for the not breathing. Like oh, holding nice. my breath. Yeah. Uh-huh. When, when but you that took a while. I used to never be able to hold my breath for more than like 15 seconds. So you got to try when you're holding your breath and letting the CO2 build up in the diaphragm, try to go and turn around and do push-ups. I'm all set. <laughs> you, you will, you, you will, you will, Mac, you will, you will not, you couldn't imagine how many. Okay. So Vanessa and I, we went to one of the Wim Hof workshops. It was a guy named Miles Lucas, who's out of uh, San Marcos, California. And he did okay. a workshop. And he did that. He said, okay, we're going to, and then to that point where we have just enough CO2, as I hold it after, I think a minute, I think Vanessa could, uh, could confirm this. I'm still holding my, my breath. We would do push-ups, and then we would go. And for some reason I kept my eyes closed and I think I did 115 push-ups without stopping. I just went I just 115. Went. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't I can't stop even much. do that while breathing. And it's, it's crazy because it's something with performances, your, your CO2 levels start building up. It's something weird how you need CO2 in this. <sighs> okay. I gotta let the rest of it out. It was so weird. And when I get done, I'm like, I was like, should I stop? He's like, no, 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 no. You're still holding your breath. Go, go, go. And I'm like, okay. And I get done. <sighs> He's like, what like what's a max for you push-up wise i said 50 he said i counted 115 i'm like holy shit give me a banana right now i'm but i'm cramping up thinking about this and and they're like oh shit so every person that did that exercise doubled their number some people that, that only could do 10 push-ups did like 20 25 push-ups some that did 50 did close to 100 it was freaking weird so it was amazing yeah it's it's <laughs> crazy what it can do but it just changed everything. And then I think once I started doing that, I started doing like more meditating, reading. I would recommend, you probably don't have to read it, but it's the 10% happier. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's um by Dan Harris. And he got into it because he was a news anchor and he was doing like Coke and drink all that. He was like having that stuff. Jeez. He had a meltdown on national TV, not like, not while he was live. And he eventually figured out it was like the drugs and all that, but he also had a panic attack that was induced by that. So then he had to go into meditating like meditation, but he was always thinking it was like all a hippy dippy. Yeah. And the book is about how we got into it. And then like the last quarter of it is more about how to actually do it. I think it was Jeff Goldstein, Jeff Goldblum. Have you ever heard that? It's like a, he's a meditator. Goldblum or Jeff Goldblum. I think is the actor, Jeff Goldstein. Goldstein um something like that it's like he's a meditation 
meditation. Jeff Goldstein, yeah. And he has a meditation thing and he's, uh, his whole thing is all about like practicing mindfulness and being able to like control, just putting that block in there. And he's not as, he doesn't sound like the Dalai Lama or some of these people where sometimes, well, the Dalai Lama doesn't sound too crazy, but right. some of these people, when they talk about like meditation and like mindfulness, it's like, I'm always at complete peace. And he, he admits like, that's not true. But Dan Harris is like, I'm just a normal person. The yeah, point of yeah. meditation is just to make, make my life 10% better. 10% better than, on your investment. That's great. So if you can make your t- life 10% better. Like, yeah. It's, it's not much. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, it is quite a bit. Like if you think if you're doing stocks, if you could get more than 10, if you got 10%, you'd be like, that's a, that was a good year. Well, shoot, if you get 10% engagement or 10% uh, uh, ROI, I mean, on like leads and stuff, I think what the average is like 2%. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So it's like, if you can make it like 10% better, like, it's and I've noticed it too, like it, it just, it puts that pause there. It allows you to like, I've, again, talking about Chris Foss, never split the difference. Yeah. It's not just about negotiating in business. It's conflicts with family. How do you like take that monkey out of your brain? calm things down and then figure out how to do it. Like not necessarily on emotionally because emotions everywhere, but how do you navigate these things more controllably more, a little bit more in con- yeah, in control. Well, and I think um, if you can, cause what, what I learned from Chris Voss is that um, with, uh, with negotiating, actually negotiation starts when you disagree when you get to a no. Yo, I think that we- was the biggest thing that I took away from that. Get the no. <laughs> I was so excited. I said, Finally, I'm validated that I can actually provoke people. Well, I mean, you don't provoke people to start fights, but I want to start uh, verbal fights. <laughs> it was just great because I wanted disagreement. I'm like, all this agreement crap and all that. But then I also learned too in the in the the whole dating sphere as well is that if a girl feels comfortable with the fact that she's looking up to you, she respects you, but then she is um, she's honoring what you're saying that that she doesn't have to use her emotions, then she classifies you as an alpha male i said oh that actually makes sense i wonder why that's that was the case in my they felt comfortable with uh, with the fact that they're not comfortable with the big stature they were comfortable with i i can stand up for what i'm saying and i know what the hell i'm talking about and you don't you can be you know you can move around 800 places but you're stable Mm -hmm. oh that makes sense so going back to chris Voss's book that's uh it's been very important so um getting into a great breath work routine to stay centered and focused and really um, getting to how can we actually get to a point of compromise in a sense or an agreement, but let's talk things over because we may be talking the same stuff, but it just sounds in disagreeing tones. So mm. that and you don't always have to win. No, absolutely not. And I, I was I, another I, big takeaway. What he talks yeah. about the pen where he's like, he was trying to, he gave people a free pen. He's like, here, you got this pen for free. Now sell it to me. And people were trying to sell it for like 10, 10, $5. And it's like, you got it for free. Like you could sell it for one. And that's one more dollar than you had before I gave it to you. It's like, that's a win. Greed. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they think they can uh, swindle you for a hundred bucks. And I think that works. Like I've done that in our business where sometimes it's like, if I'm doing SEO, I'll partner like either Google ads or Facebook with it. Mm-hmm. 
just because like I'd rather that's more business than I had yesterday. Right. If I pair it together, they're going to do better. And then long-term, like they're going to stay with me longer, probably. I mean, I don't always do this, but in certain cases I do. And it's not like I'm increasing the price to make up for it, but it's just sometimes, Hey, it's, it's more business in the end of the day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, but, that's the thing. I mean, once in a while you, you do that, but that shows your heart that you care. Yeah.